And welcome back to the Why Hockey Periodical Podcast. It's just me, Matt Lynch's daughter, for this short show. My co-host Tommy is currently on vacation. He'll be back next week where we will have a more broad discussion of what's happened with Blackhawks' situation with Joel Quenville and Florida Panthers with him next week. But feel like we have to do something for this show um, after all that has happened in the last week. So we're going to do that. I'm going to write something for the Why Hockey Substack that should be released a little bit shortly after this podcast is dropped. But for the time being, this is going to be a bit of a scatterbrain show. It's not going to be as formal as I'd like it to be for a discussion that is this important. But for the time being, this is what we need to do. We will have more on this at Y Hockey coming shortly, of course. But the first thing we should say after everything that has happened is a credit to Kyle Beach for coming forward and speaking about his experiences and doing something incredibly courageous, and we should all be very thankful that he has done that, because in situations like this, there is so much trauma, and it takes so long for them to heal, and if they can heal at all, and to be able to speak publicly about his experiences and what he went through is truly incredible, and credit to him, and credit to the journalists, request out of TSN, Katie Strang, at The Athletic, among many others, who kept covering the story and brought it to light, because it needed to be. This is stories of blight on everything in hockey. And while, sadly, hockey is not the only sport where scandals like this exist, uh, we should talk about this scandal as we've talked about too many others in hockey, and that these are unacceptable, that what happened here was putting winning above everything else, including the health and well-being of a 20-year-old who was sexually assaulted, when people in positions of power should have known better and didn't know better. And it is a shame that it took 11 years for this to come to light. And justice cannot fully be done because as much as seeing Stan Bowman, Cal McIsaac, Joel Quenville, among others, lose their jobs, they're still going to have their names on the Stanley Cup, have the money that they've made. They aren't facing further discipline from the league even though the odds of them getting a job in the NHL going forward are basically zero. It is a shame that we still are in a position where these things can happen. And in the past, you say never again. But there was no way for never again to be the truth because these things continue to happen. And the structures are not in place to prevent these things from happening. And it is truly, truly sad that we have to go through this again, that Kyle Beach has to go through this, and that the sport has not learned a single lesson from its past. And Truly, it's still much of its present. And it brings us to the point that Joel Quenville had to be fired. Whether he resigned, whether he was fired, terminated with cause, the language is semantic to our purposes. It's not semantic for lawyers behind the scenes, but for the purposes of where the position we sit, those who follow the sport, those who follow the Florida Panthers, he had to go. The fact that he was coaching on Wednesday night, not just after the Kyle Beach interview went to television, but in the morning was unacceptable and is a blight on the Florida Panthers and a blight on people who should have known better. Bill Zito, Matt Caldwell, and Vinny Viola. All of them should have known better. All of them should have made a decision that he shouldn't have coached until the Gary Bettman meeting was concluded, and they didn't do that because they were guilty of two things that the Blackhawks were guilty of in 2010, that winning is more important than the well-being of somebody who was sexually assaulted and abused, and that they felt that it was okay to pass the buck. 
and hope that somebody else would make a decision for them. I assume people in Florida were thinking the league was going to do something before the Gary Bettman meeting, and they did not. And then it would be incumbent on somebody in the Panthers organization to say, wait a minute, we can't have this happen on Wednesday night. And they did. And it is a blight on the team. And it is a blight on this season. And it should not have happened. Completely unacceptable. And everyone involved in that decision should be ashamed of themselves. Because you didn't need the Kyle Beach interview. As horrifying to listen to as it was, to know that Joel Quenville shouldn't have been the head coach of the Florida Panthers anymore at that point. I mean, that's just a fact. And that they went through with it is something that will be a lasting stain on their legacies. Every one of them, no matter what happens the rest of the way. And again, it is highly, highly unacceptable that that happened. It should not have happened. And in the end, even after that did happen, the correct decision was made. Joel Quenville has no business being a coach in the league anymore. He has no business being a leader of anybody because he proved in his conduct back in 2010, whatever he remembers about the situation, that he cannot lead. He failed to lead in that instance when he had an opportunity to lead. There were a bunch of others around him who also failed to lead, but as we focus on him as the head coach of a team, would not fire one of his coaches or do anything because the Stanley Cup was more important. And that's unacceptable because everybody is in sports, they want to win. But that does not mean you can compromise your morals or compromise in any way for a situation for somebody who needed help desperately at that time. And all of this could have been put to an end, or at least a good chunk of it, but they let it continue. They let his name go on the Stanley Cup. They let him leave. And then that allowed him to coach in more places and perpetuate further abuse. And it's unacceptable. And Joel Quenville bears some role in that, and he has to live with that. As Stan Bowman, Al McIsaac, John McDonough, and all the others who were involved in that meeting, they have to live with that for the rest of their lives. And that includes not just Joel Quenville. That does not just include others in Chicago. That includes the players, too. Because I don't think that we have heard in a satisfactory way from those players on that 2010 team and what happened afterwards. And Kyle Beach... We should believe every word he says. There's no reason to not believe a survivor that the language used towards him that sadly so ubiquitous in hockey culture and in many ways still is, is totally unacceptable. And as much as I feel like we want punishment for those players, there's nothing really we can do to formally punish them. The punishment comes to their reputations and the fact that their reputations are no longer what they were. Jonathan Taves especially, Patrick Kane, all of these players, their reputations are now, again, not what they were, and it shouldn't be what it was, because that was a myth. Everything about those Blackhawks teams, in large regard, was a myth. It was a myth perpetuated on the back of lies, and the lies that ruined lives, multiple, countless lives, and all of it could have been prevented. And the fact that it only took until now to even somewhat rectify the situation. Somewhat is even a bit of a qualifier here because somewhat doesn't begin to describe how little this is actually done to address the many deep ills in this situation that are still here. It is completely, completely unacceptable that it has taken this long 
and that the responses in large regard have still been fairly weak. Because I believe that even though, as you said before, all of these men got fired and the real damage is to their reputations and they will not get further jobs in the NHL, and what the NHL is hoping for in this case is that the minute anything would be rumored with these men, that the outrage would get so loud so fast that the teams wouldn't consider it. And that's probably what will happen, but there should be further punishment for everyone involved in terms of executives who were in that meeting in May of 2010. For on the players, they have to live on their conscience the rest of their lives, whether they're being fully forthright or not of what they knew and what they remember about those times. The comments were unacceptable. The damage that that did to Kyle Beach is undeniable. And hopefully this illustrates something that I've tried to bring up on this show as many times as I can in the appropriate context, that the language of hockey and the language of hockey culture is unacceptable and has to change because you never know what someone's going through. And in the case of that, using that language, in the case that they knew what he was going through, is one of the most disgusting things you will ever hear. Truly horrific. And this isn't about, at this point, anything other than Kyle Beach being courageous enough to speak. And for those who were on the record, Paul Vincent, John Torchetti, Nick Boynton, Brent Sopel, among others, who were courageous enough to speak on the record about what they knew and to be the ones who took the stand when no one else would do so, that they wanted to ensure that the truth would come to light and that the truth had to come to light. And there is now at least some semblance of truth out there about this situation. Sadly, I fear there are many more of these in hockey that we don't know about. Some of them we may never know about. And more people who we have put on pedestals in this sport are built on pedestals of lies, built on pedestals of myth, and how we need to do a better job of not making myths out of these people in these sports who are part of institutions that have failed people like Kyle Beach time and time again. This is not the only scandal that I have sadly had to cover in some way. People may remember that I used to host a Maryland podcast and in 2018, the head coach of the University of Maryland football team at the time, DJ Durkin, perpetuated a horrific culture in which a player died on the field, essentially, because of overwork. And what could have been done to prevent that death was not done. He was then suspended and quite nearly three years ago to the day, was brought back until the end he was fired as somebody got common sense. But that is an indelible stain on Maryland football forever and on Maryland athletics forever. And there are many other scandals right now. I encourage you, if you haven't followed what is going on in NWSL, with the horrific things we've heard about a coach sexually abusing some of his players, allegedly, Completely unacceptable. What's happening in Iceland soccer? You should definitely read up on that. Where Icelandic players were sexually assaulted women and did not see justice until recently. Or did not see those cases brought to light until recently. And we can go on and on. USA Gymnastics. Ohio State Wrestling. What's happening with this doctor at Michigan, which Aaron Ward talked about uh, on recent... Uh, radio shows in Montreal, and you should listen to that too. Like, these are institutions in sports and all across all walks of life that fail people like this because they don't care enough to do what it takes to stop it, to make the 
easy and yet at the time hard decisions to put an end to this when they have the ability to do so. And they didn't want to. And for all that it is that has happened, it is now incumbent on us as fans of hockey, and we can only focus on hockey here as opposed to the wider institutions of sports in our society, that we need to do something in order to ensure that these decisions aren't made again. And that means actually holding those in charge their feet to the fire. That means ensuring the NHL learns from this, actually learns, and puts actions to words. Words are irrelevant. Akeem Alou has been looking for actions for two years and really hasn't had any. The Hockey Diversity Alliance has been looking for action on some of their concerns, and none of that's really happened. The NHL needs to follow through with action, put in structures and systems, and they can't do it on their own. They need people who know what they're doing from outside this bubble. And they have to be courageous enough to say, we don't know. And they have to be willing to take that risk. It shouldn't be a risk, but in the NHL's mind, it's a risk. And in these teams' mind, it's a risk. Because they cannot be left to their own devices at this point. Because if they are, then these mistakes will be perpetuated and will happen again. And we cannot have another situation like this. We cannot. And we should not. There are people out there who are willing to help. And the NHL and hockey in general has to be willing to listen to them. Even if they are not part of hockey's bubble, you have to be willing to listen to them. You have to be willing to give them a chance. And you have to be willing to not just listen to what they say, but to put what they ask in place. And if the NHL is not willing to do that, and the people in charge are not willing to do that, then new people should be put in charge so that that can be put in place. And the head of the NHLPA, Donald Fear, failed in his job when this was apparently brought to his attention 10 years ago. Whether he should have a job is now an open question. Whether Gary Bettman and uh, Bill Daly should continue in their jobs is an open question. And people don't like Gary Bettman for a bunch of reasons, but this is an actual reason why he has not done what he should be doing as a commissioner and advancing the game of hockey and advancing the game of hockey is including erasing as best to they can situations like this from the sport. That is part of his job and that's part of his mandate. And there was a lot more to go. And if you are a fan of this sport, we do have a small voice, but a voice, whether it be with your wallet or whether it be on social media or through some other manifestation of your voice to use it to hold these people to account. Because this situation was worse than was even reported. And I figured and sadly expected the situation was going to be worse than it was. And it truly was. And I don't think we've heard the end of this. There's more to come. And there may be more to come in other situations like this. And we need to hold the people accountable and their feet to the fire so that this does not happen again. Too many people gave their lives to hockey and hockey gave them nothing. And in fact, hockey took from them and took and took and took. There cannot be more instances of hockey taking from people who wished to give their lives to the game and got nothing in return except what now is a lifetime of scars that they didn't deserve and they didn't sign up for and that people in the sport could have easily prevented from happening but chose not to. Whether by ignorance 
whether by lack of knowledge, whatever the case may be. They had a chance to make these choices, and they didn't. And it's not acceptable. And on Quenville, again, he had to go. There was no choice that the Florida Panthers had. There was no choice that anybody in this matter had. He had to go. I am surprised that Kevin Dayoff, who was the GM of the Jets and was, according to the report, Mark Jenner involved in that meeting. He was not in a senior decision-making role at the time, which is why Gary Bettman said Dayoff will not face discipline. Personally, I think maybe some of it's bloodlust in the heads of many of us who just want everybody involved to be, da- to be taken down. I, I am not in a position to say whether that's right or fair right now. I think a lot of us are very emotional and raw when it comes to this because of all that we have had to learn and all that we have gone through seeing, experiencing, you know, not even a, a hundredth of the trauma that Kyle Beach has gone through, but just learning and how disgusting the situation turned out to be. We want blood. We want sacrifices in a way, but those are not going to be easy to get. The real change comes from action that is far less cathartic, far less public. Much more is done behind the scenes, and that needs to be done in Chicago. That needs to be done in Florida. That needs to be done absolutely everywhere, USA Hockey. It needs to be done everywhere, and it is not acceptable what we have seen, and I hope the people in hockey, I hope they understand that the more that this happens, the more that these stories come to light, that there are people who are just not going to put up with it anymore and won't be here anymore, are going to leave. And that means their stories, their experiences, their willingness to make this sport better are going to go with them. And the bubble around the sport will shrink. And this sport cannot get smaller in that way. More people will fail to do what is necessary if this bubble shrinks. I encourage people to go find a video from Metal Panthers on Twitter. Brian posted an incredibly touching video. He was a rape victim about what it meant to see Joel Glenville behind the bench on Wednesday night. You should absolutely watch that video. Um, I can only imagine what he had been going through seeing that. And Colby Guy, who is new to the Panthers beat, also a sexual assault survivor, having to cover this and relive some of his own traumas and the fact that the Panthers didn't particularly care about any of that and the trauma of survivors who are undoubtedly part of this fan base and part of the people who give way more to this franchise than they probably should. I encourage you to listen to their stories. In Brian's case, watch that video and you will get a good understanding of why Joel Quenville had to go. And you don't need me to tell you that. You just need to listen to them and you need to listen to other survivors. And you need to fully internalize what Kyle Beach has said and We all need to learn from what has happened to make this sport a better place. It's going to be hard. The work is not going to be easy. There's no chance that this work is going to be easy, but it's the only thing we can do. The only way we can make these institutions better is by working through all of the struggle, all of the mud, and all of the barriers to actually make this better. It's the only way. And that's going to require the work of just about everybody who cares about this sport. And maybe for some that means they don't care about this sport anymore. They give it up. And that means the NHL and hockey loses, as I said before, their experiences, their stories, their knowledge. Of course, the NHL cares primarily about their money. 
but those experiences and that knowledge can be used to make the sport better. And in situations like this, I believe that giving up is not an option because if we give up, we give up on people like Kyle Beach who need us to better the sport so that their story is sadly not replicated again. And I hope that for a lot of us who have the ability to do even something small to make this sport better and to make society better, that we give our efforts to doing so. It is so easy to just give up and say, I can't do anything. But we can't take the easy way out because in this situation, in May of 2010, a bunch of people took the easy way out. And I feel that we should all be determined to not do that again. And again, I apologize if these thoughts are a bit scatterbrained. There's not really much structure to them. All I can say is that the right decision in the end was made and that whatever happens from a hockey perspective on the ice is quite frankly irrelevant right now. I don't care that the Panthers are 7-0. I, none of that particularly matters. I couldn't watch the game Wednesday. I bet there are plenty of you out there who are listening to this show who didn't watch the game Wednesday because you didn't feel comfortable, and I didn't feel comfortable watching that game because it felt as if a bunch of people did not care about what really mattered at that time. And now that the deed is done, that Joel Quenville is gone, they can watch the game again. And I will make very clear that I'm doing my best and I will do my best going forward to separate the more important aspects of this story, which is focusing on what the experiences were of Kyle Beach and trying to make this sport better as opposed to the game on the ice. And there will be a time when we focus on the game on the ice again, but I'm not sure when that's going to be. will be a long time coming. But if you want to focus on the ice, as of right now, I'm recording this Friday afternoon before the Red Wings game. Andrew Burnett is the interim head coach. Depends on who you listen to, who you read. Some will say that Brunette's probably the interim for the long term. Some will say the Panthers will look for a more full-time option. I am going to decide right now that when Tommy and I reconvene, we will talk about what the future of the coaching position is for the Panthers at that time. I know many of you have thoughts on that. There has been reporting on what that could be. I don't think this is the time for those discussions. I think what is most important right now is that we focus on the fact that a bunch of people failed to do their duty. And now, well after the fact, well long after they should have lost their jobs, they lost their jobs, they lost their reputations, but they can, in some way, crassly, as I say it, they can forget about all of this. Many of them have money, they're set for life. Joel Quendell's set for life. He doesn't need to work another day in his life. But as JT Brown put it on Twitter, Survivors don't get the chance to forget, and Kyle Beach can never forget. No matter where he gets to in his life, he can't forget, and assault survivors can never forget. And we need to do our best to ensure that the people in charge in these areas of sport and society, they have a duty, a duty, a sworn sacred duty, to protect these people. And that winning is not everything, the be-all and end-all, the life and well-being of Everyone involved, whatever the case may be, is the most important thing. Nothing can be put above that. And hopefully that is a lesson that some people have learned. I don't know if the people who need to learn that lesson have truly learned that lesson yet. And it will take a long time to figure out whether they have. But I hope they have. 
I, again, apologize for this podcast being not great. I don't think podcasts with just one person are particularly interesting, talking about them in a situation to themselves. But in my view, this was something that needed to be done just to get thoughts out from the Y Hockey platforms. I apologize again for it just being me, but Tommy will be back next week. We will have guests on the show, I presume, to talk about this situation further. Uh, I will try to write something that puts uh, my thoughts in a more articulate manner than what this format is, obviously. But in the end, Joel Crenville being out as Florida Panthers head coach was the only move and the right move. But it does not erase what he did. It does not erase the pain that Kyle Beach has felt. It does not erase the pain that so many in this sport have been put through because people in the sport that could have cared and should have cared did not. And what is most important is that we learn these lessons and life is sometimes uncomfortable and we have to learn lessons in uncomfortable situations. And we got to learn that these people we put on pedestals and these systems and institutions we trust to do more than they are willing to do don't often do what they should. And that is one of the sadly the greatest lessons that we continue to learn on a daily basis. These institutions we built are not adequate to do what is necessary to protect the livelihood of people who are vulnerable. And I hope we now can collectively start to learn what it takes to build those institutions, to hold these institutions to account. There cannot be silence anymore, and there should not be. And for the people out there who need us to help, to listen to their calls, to sympathize with them, and to work when they need help, we have to do better. And all of us can do better because the people in charge, not just in hockey, but in so many places, they don't care to make it better. So if we show that sympathy and that love and that support, we can at least do something to put this in the right direction. Again, apologies for this sounding the way it is and being the way it is. Tommy and I will reconvene next week to talk more about this in detail and focus more on some of the hockey aspects of this, which we'll, we'll have to talk about. But this Friday afternoon with all of this happening throughout the week. This is not the time. Again, appreciate you listening. Stay tuned for more podcasts about this writing form as well. And we will talk to you all soon.